1: Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, hello there, action movie connoisseurs. This is Action Movie Rewind on Mackie and Judd, where we do deep dives into some of the most prominent and popular action movies of all time. And we have decided that this is the season finale of Action Movie Rewind here for uh, for the summer, the summer finale. We will absolutely 1000% be bringing this back later on, but with football season taking over and uh, winter sports upon us here in a few weeks as well. um, This is going to be, I think this is like the 18th or 20th episode we've done in the reboot here, boys. So we've got, if you've you've missed any of them, they're all available. You can either search the Saturday episodes of Mackie and Judd in the podcast feed or go to our Score North YouTube channel. There is a playlist where you can just uh, sit there all weekend and watch us review these movies. And so um, we have now Zoomed our way down the freeway to the fourth installment of the Fast Saga, Fast and Furious, or Fast and the Furious 4, depending on how you want to label this movie, from 2009. Are you guys ready to do a dive into the actual sequel to the original Fast and the Furious? It only took them like a decade and two other movies, and this is the actual sequel.
0: So, so two was a little bit because O'Connor's character was in, but Vin Diesel wasn't. So Dom being out, so th- this is the first time that we what went back to Los Angeles and got the whole band back together. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, this, Yep the the band is back together here,
0: and we skipped three entirely because we skipped three. Not needed. To yeah, yeah, okay. it's not
1: needed. Uh, And so we we have landed here on the fourth installment here, and here is the description. When a crime brings them back to the mean streets of L.A., fugitive ex-convict Dom Toretto and Agent Brian O'Connor reignite their high-octane feud. However, when a common enemy rears its head, Dom and Brian must learn how to work together and trust one another in order to defeat them. Only a disrespectful 28% on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. And the critics' consensus says, while Fast and Furious features the requisite action and stunts, the filmmakers have failed to provide a competent story or compelling characters. Oh, come on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. Despite that, <laughs> they spent $85 million on this movie and turned it into $360 million at the box office. Are you kidding me? Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, briefly, Jordana Brewster, and uh, mm. a young Gal Gadot before she really hit superstardom in this movie.
2: It was her, like, second major film. Like, first real major film, I should say. According to her IMDb page, this is, like, the second movie listed in her entire career. So, like, yeah, this kind of was the first uh, real stardom, I guess, of Gal Gadot.
1: Yeah. And she is it, is it Gadot or Gadot? I don't even know. Thought, Gadot. It's Gadot. Gadot, it's Gadot. Gadot. Okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she also has like ninety million Instagram followers now. So mm-hmm. she's uh, I think she's become the biggest of all of these actors and actresses. So uh a few production notes before we get into the statements portion here. Like I said, this is the first real sequel to the original. The second and third installments were missing Vin Diesel, who declined participation in those two movies due to lackluster writing. And yet still wound up just disp- I guess love the writing in triple X and uh Riddick what or whatever, or some of these other weird movies he was in.
0: But what did he see in this film? Like he must have <laughs> just been in need of a big paycheck.
1: Well, I think the paycheck probably factored in to some extent. I also think they, I think they gave him because, and we'll get into all of this. But this movie arcs perfectly into Fast Five, which is regarded widely as the best of all of the Fast movies. Okay. So, like, like this, this, in fact, you know what? Here's the first, here's the all first right. statement for you guys. All right. Sorry, I'm on I'm on the wrong page here. Here's the first. Stay go. Right? There we go. The purpose of this movie, and again, I I, I am watching these all for the first time here. I've not seen Fast Five Six. I haven't seen Hobbs. I, I haven't seen any of this stuff. But but Fast Five is widely regarded as the best of all these movies, right? I think this movie's purpose was as a table setter for the rest of the franchise. It was kind of just you know it was. Yeah. They were trying to get the franchise back with the with the stars here, and and I kind of agree with the critics and critics consensus. It was like, oh, okay, they're, they're all kind of back, and but it just kind of felt a little plodding at times, especially in the first sixty minutes. Um, but this movie was the setup man for Fast Five. It was yeah. the it was the wandering cone to Joe Nathan. It the was director. the 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 Michael Fulmer. Is that the twins reliever? To uh, Joan Duran, something like that. It was the Jeff Nelson to Mariana Rivera.
0: All uh, right, you're getting closer. You're getting warmer. Okay, it was the. <laughs> but you're right. The end, yeah, because the, the end definitely has me intrigued.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a great like, cliffhanger, right? Like, whoa! Oh, going they're gonna here? get him off the whoa, bus. Whoa, he's on oh, you're gonna go. To Judge him. What are we gonna do? <laughs> And also I'll note this to one more production note, and then we'll get into actual statements. ScreenRant.com ranks this eighth out of the ten fast saga installments. So it is not one of the okay. higher rated of the hmm. of the ten. Mm-hmm. So all right. Now we uh now we get into statements here. Judd, why don't you lead us off?
0: All right. Um, I'll start with this statement. Brian O'Connor's career is one of the most incredible re- rebounds for a guy who probably would have got fired after the first one. And then he's in trouble for the second one. And then he comes back for the fourth one. And now he, and now he's again like a sort of a decorated <laughs> FBI a- agent. Uh, the saga of Brian O'Connor by itself is one of the more intriguing things considering his career arc. Goes from being a cri- goes from being uh, in law enforcement to becoming a criminal criminal to a- allowing uh, Dom to go to then being out of uh, of law enforcement and being a criminal himself uh, a rather remarkable career for the late Paul Walker's character Brian
1: O'Connor. Let's unpack this for a second, shall we? Because you've you've kind of hit on one of my statements here too, which is more of a question how in the world is Brian O'Connor allowed back into any form yeah. of law enforcement, especially the FBI, okay? Yep. So he is a multi-time felon, as far as we can tell, right? He has he has aided a criminal in the first movie. He has been caught as a street racer, although maybe because in the, in the second movie he helped track down another criminal. Did they wipe his record clean? So now he's just, oh, I'm not a felon, actually. I, I helped you guys on this thing. Uh, So I actually went, I was curious, I Googled, can felons be allowed into the FBI? And the FBI website itself says this, the FBI site does indicate that if you've ever been convicted of a felony or have been a significant drug user, you won't be able to pass the top level security clearance required for FBI agents. And Mm -hmm. so... I don't know how Brian O'Connor is getting around this. You know, he's definitely committed some big felon level crimes and the FBI's website itself says you can't be a felon or a heavy drug user. You're not going to pass these tests. Well, clearly but, uh, though, like just way back in
2: like criminals and stuff like aid FBI because, because uh, you guys ever seen catch me if you can, you know, oh, the old of Capri
1: favorite movies. Yeah,
2: dude. Me too. Phenomenal film. But like, That's obviously based on a uh, a real story. And Frank, is it Abigail? Abigail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. like he, after his sentence, like he actually ends up helping the FBI to help nail fraudulent documents and fraudulent uh, money and stuff. So there's clearly some type of level that's aid that goes into the FBI. But yeah, you're you're probably not given, you know, clearance one, if that's like the top security clearance to be an FBI agent.
1: Exactly. I mean, would you, and then of course, by the end of the movie, like clearly you don't trust him to be an FBI agent. In fact he is he is actively extorting his FBI superiors. Dude. There's a point a point in this movie where <laughs> so so they they steal this Hummer with 60 million dollars in heroin. And they park it in some just dark dimly lit impound lot. Right. And then he goes back to the office and they say, "Where's the heroin, Brian?" And he goes, "It's safe." And they're like it's safe dude you're working for us what are you doing with the heroin and he says i'll show you what the hair, where the heroin is but we should leverage the heroin not just to like get a drug bust but to lop the head off you know, the guy who runs the you know the, the main drug lord guy right so so I, I will tell you where it is if you agree to my terms oh and by the way as part of my terms as i'm blackmailing my fbi superiors Again. My guy, Dom Toretto, noted felon, streetcar racer, etc., yep. must get completely wiped clean of his record. He just walks into the office. He's got his tie yep. on. He's like, all right, guys, I'll show you where this heroin is. Dude, you're extorting your FBI bosses. At one <laughs> point when he's driving the car and, like, he has the
2: FBI in his ear before, like, he pulls it out when he goes in that garage. The FBI, hey Brian, uh, you got five traffic violations there. You better watch out. That's what you're concerned with? Like I wrote that in my notes. Like, hey, that was five traffic violations, O'Connor. It's like, oh, that's what you're concerned with, Brian O'Connor. He ran a stop sign and failed to yield, you know, at a yeah. at a yellow light. Like are not worried, not,
1: not worried about the bricks and bricks of heroin that he is hiding from <laughs> wow. his bosses at the FBI.
2: That's no
0: problem. Just drive <laughs> safely, okay, Brian? Oh, that's uh.
1: amazing, dude. All right, over to
0: Dex.
2: All right. But my first statement is this is for better or worse. This is much more suspenseful than the first one. Like the first one is is very kind of goofy and campy, right? It's just a bunch of hilarious street racers. It's that late nineties pop culture now crossing into the millennium with hip hop more. The second one is just kind of just a messy movie in general. This one is like more billed as like, it's a serious movie. Like it's the Brian yeah. O'Connor and the Toretto's are back together and Letty has been killed. And and Paul Walker's kind of trying to rekindle his relationship with, with Mia. Like it's more billed as like kind of a the drama where the first two are they're basically comedy. Like you could label action comedy into both of those two first two films. This is this one wasn't funny. Like there aren't really at least purposeful yucks in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a lot it's a lot darker. Even, yeah. even just like it is literally a dark movie. Like yeah. I feel like half the movie I could with with a glare in the living room window, I could barely see half the movie but, and that's even in some of the reviews that I've read of this movie too, or like the Wikipedia review that it's just part of the reason why it is not regarded as, as one of the top three or four fast saga movies is because, yeah, it's just kind of this, I don't know. It's just like a March to darkness. There's not, there's not enough personality. And like Don Toretto is just this sort of angry, sad guy in this movie, as opposed to this charismatic leader that he was in the, in the first one.
0: Yeah. I think Don coming back, uh, Took some time, too, because the the second one, Dex is right, was funny. And I feel like Vin Diesel coming back, like he is, he's lots of things. I don't know that he is, (laughs) that he can purposely have a shtick that that people are going to laugh at. So, yeah, because the second one was like dialogue driven at times and pretty good. This one felt much more like, like you said, like Dom's angry and, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and There
1: there was no, like, Ja Rule sort of character that's yeah. just trying to, like, you know, but get I the gals know. and stuff. But, yeah, it didn't it didn't have that, that levity to it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, back to Judd here. I
0: think it's, it's you? you, Judd.
1: Yeah, it no, still. it's well, Okay, I've already given, like, five statements. I oh, okay. Like. So I was just kind all of, right, like, cycling all it all back right, to Judd here. Right. I've jumped I in line, about... like, four times. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, my statement is this is the first this is really the first one at which I think they started to and it, it built up to this it sounds like uh, jump the shark on any believability of a car chase at all like <laughs> oh like
1: pish posh like what the was not believable about like, this movie like
0: the second the first and second one they they would they were yeah. campy and weird but like they would clear the roads right and it's like okay I don't really think that that works but you know the roads are cleared. You're going to have a race. You're going to jump a bridge. Okay, that's sort of cool, um, far fetched, but cool. But the what the thing that struck me is the first sign, and this was just the first thing, uh, was when they are mandated to have the car race in real traffic.
1: Yeah, and and like <laughs> who's going to clear the roads? No, it's- Nobody. That's Nobody. Right,
0: yeah. yeah, and so you're watching that's this car party. race, and I'm like, okay, like this is where they're go- going to a place where eventually they're going to be jumping their cars out of parking ramps off buildings blah 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 but like this is the one where i think you know what they said we really don't care if there is if there is not a hint of this car chase being believable screw it and they just had all that and like that race at the end through the through the caves and Dude, stuff that was like badass. that It was badass. Uh, No, I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying it had jumped a shark of, okay, now you've gone from hard to believe to impossible to
1: believe. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, have you guys ever been driving around the freeway or on a road trip and you've actually seen a couple cars racing each other over 100 miles an hour? Yes. Terrifying. It's probably happened Make to me yourself. like maybe three times in my life where yeah they're just like they're 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 going on the shoulders or whatever mm-hmm. you know that is terrifying. I always just assume that I'm going to drive up like three miles later and just see a car mangled in the jaws of life trying to get someone out, but yeah, it's, it's just a problem. very dangerous thing.
2: It's their choice. It just hmm. it it doesn't uh doesn't interest me. No, it just seems like driving like that. Sh- What's no. The
1: the the, the risk reward ratio just seems a little bit no. Nah. Oh, Speaking of risk reward ratio, here's my next statement. <laughs> so at the beginning of the movie, they're hijacking fuel tankers, right? That's their they're trying to <laughs> yeah. they're trying to get fuel out of these tankers and then resell it. I, I don't. I, I guess, I I guess I don't so. Yeah, we understand what they were doing there. But uh as the movie played out, it feels like hijacking fuel tankers is a really high risk way to try and make money. Yeah, because you're you're going well. You know, you're you driving 100 miles an hour. You're you're dealing with these truck drivers that are trying to run you off the road and stuff. Plus, there's just the, you know, as what happened at the beginning of the movie, there could be an explosion if things go wrong, if that tanker tips over or something, and your car is anywhere nearby, like kaboom. But then, as the movie progressed, okay, so at the beginning of the movie, Dom is down in, was it Mexico or whatever, and he's he's hijacking fuel tankers. But then he actually stumbled upon a great business model, When they stole a Hummer full of $60 million in heroin, and then I don't know if you guys noticed this, but as Brian O'Connor was trying to figure things out with the FBI and what to do with it, Dom's on the phone with the drug lord saying, hey, gotta be tough that you guys just lost $60 million worth of heroin, huh? Well, I'll show you where that is if you give me $6 million. That is, a that is if you're a criminal, that is a genius business model. I will steal a car full of drugs. And then I will have someone call you or I'll just call you myself and I'll sell it back to you for a 10th of the value of the drugs. So I make a little money. You guys don't lose a lot of money. You're still going to get $54 million out of this thing. You're still in the profit margin, right? You know, I thought that was pretty clever entrepreneurship by a, uh, by a criminal.
2: It also just seems like uh Unless you're in post-apocalyptic life, like Mad Max style, which the whole thing is based on gasoline and like the and getting more gasoline, it seems like those tankers and I'm assuming, but like those tankers of gas are like regulated to that truck to that company. So how are you just selling like a tank of gas on the black market like that?
1: Yeah, do like you just, it just doesn't you just roll seem up, believable. Roll up to Seven Eleven and be like, yeah. Hey, I got you guys. You guys want to buy some diesel? Yeah.
2: Yeah, if this is Mad Max and he's selling <laughs> hey, stuff Speedway. to the Toe cutter, like it's different, but like yeah, like I gotta imagine that's like Speedway so, gas, and like are you reselling it to BP? Like what's going on? Doesn't so, make
0: any sense. Uh, two guesses. I think because it's in Mexico, perhaps you're you're supposed to believe it, it's not right. it's not as uh, regulated as it would be in the I mean, states. It's totally,
1: like, totally wild, wild west in Mexico.
0: The other the other thing is, and and this is what and this is what by this episode of of the series had become clear they were running out of ways to up the stakes here right because like the first one is sort of cool with the trucks and they shoot i mean it's not it's not super plausible but you know it's trucks and you're hijacking trucks the second one you know deviates to a completely different state blah 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 i think by this one they said okay what could we do that's different and even more risky. Yeah. And let's how many, many things gasoline? Can, yeah. How many
1: things can you really hijack with cars? Right. I mean, you can like, how many things can you put in semi truck trailers? I guess is kind of the, yeah. the answer to that.
0: Right. Oh. But I mean, I think they just kept saying, okay, we've gone from trucks to this. And now what? Let's do gasoline trucks. <laughs> that's even more dangerous. It, Next. Let's do that. So that's my okay guess.
1: Here's my other question off this with the, with the heroin Hummer, let's call it. So you have somehow stumbled into, you are, you are somehow driving a Hummer full of $60 million in bricks of heroin, and you have to hide it for 48 hours until you can figure out what to do with it. Yep. Where do you rank Dark Impound Lot on your list of places that you would bring a Hummer full of $60 million in heroin?
0: I think it's actually pretty smart, right? Because it's a, it's a police slash FBI lot. Um, it's going to be hard to get into. I actually yeah. don't mind. I, I actually yeah, think I that that's a, a pretty smart one, especially yeah. if I'm a crooked FBI agent. Which I guess Brian O'Connor is, but he's not. He's got a good heart, but Do I don't impound know. Lots not,
1: and, I, and I've had my car towed a few times in my life, but I, I guess like I don't see what happens when they bring it in. They just bring it in. Do they not look in the car at all they just they just park the car they don't go through I, but, it or anything
0: but this is a police one so so i think they do process it but if you're but if you're the agent who brings the car in uh, you probably have some control okay. where because because you're talking about your car being towed to to one that's run by the city by itself. in
1: park or something yeah.
0: yeah and i think that's a different ballgame dude so i, I think, had
1: Oh, my God. You guys know, just down the street from the Hubbard Studios, there's the, like, on right behind Stubborn Herbs, there's, uh, there's like a Domino's down there. But there was, yeah, there's a kind of a dark parking lot behind Stubborn Herbs. Yeah. This is like, I don't know, eight years ago or something. And uh, I went down there to go, it was, the work day was finishing up, and our old co-worker and producer, uh, Marley McMillan, who used to produce your old radio show way back in the day. Marley and I went to go get some wings and a couple beers down the street. And so we jumped in my car, we drove down and uh, the parking lot there, yeah, there's probably like 12 spots. And there's just a guy sitting in the parking lot, like a parking lot attendant. And we parked, I, th- I think it was a Domino's, but whatever it was, we let's call it a Domino's. We park in a spot in that lot that says Domino's parking only. Mm-hmm. And so, get out of the car, and I and I knew what we were doing because we were going to go into Stubborn Herbs. So I asked the parking lot attendant guy. I said, "Hey, are we allowed to park here, or should I move the car?" And he goes, "Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it." I said, "You sure?" Because it says Domino's parking. We're just going to go in there for like 45 minutes and grab some wings and a couple beers, and we'll be done. He goes, "Don't worry about it." Came back 45 minutes later. Car's gone. Of course. And the parking lot attendant guy is gone. I think his job, I think he was working on behalf of the tow truck. Yep. I think he gets a commission for making the totally. call into the impound lot. He lied to me and I again I, it's my fault cuz I parked in the wrong spot. So so, so he can I 275 bucks. $2. Nice. Yeah. Can I can $2. I tell my
2: brief horrible situation that also happened to me just like that if we're on this topic? So mm-hmm. 15 minutes after my last day of high school. Like here's the real world, Declan, like your last day, you all walk out together. I go I don't care admitting this. I went to the liquor store with a buddy of mine who had a fake ID. Okay.
1: okay whatever. It's a statute of yeah. limitations. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I we parked don't condone the car. this car. We don't condone this, behavior, don't condone this behavior. behavior to any kids who are listening.
2: It's actually not too far from here. We parked our car in a church parking lot behind the liquor store on a Friday at 2.20 p.m.
1: Oh, wow. Okay? You're, you're tempting the law and you're tempting and the, the Lord.
2: Lord. So my buddy who may or may not have had the ID. He goes to the store and I realize, oh, I need to go to Walgreens CVS to like pick up a Gatorade. I think we're going to go to the beach afterwards. Maybe take out some cash to make sure I can, you know, buy these Gatorades, right? I come back and my car is already lifted off the ground from the tow truck. And this dude says, "Yeah, you can't park here. Like this is church parking only." And it's like, "Well, dude, it's Friday at 2:20. Like there's no naughty. there's no mass going on." And he, and I said, he, like, "Come on, man! I just graduated high school. You're really going to tow my car?" And he says, <laughs> "You have not." And then he goes, "No, this is it." He goes, "You have two minutes to get me a hundred dollars, and I'll put your car down." What? So I ran back to an ATM, took out a hundred. Is that is that legal? He put my car down, oh, and then I didn't get towed sorry. away. He made a hundred bucks. He just made a hundred bucks off a That's off not, a kit. But, that was that was my like literally ten minutes into my eighteen adult life. Yeah. After high school, that's what happened to me. And
1: you saved some money there, because it was probably going to be 200 to $300 to get your car out of the inbound lot. So you yeah. did save some money and some time.
2: Don't mess yeah. with
0: churches, dude. Do yeah, not don't mess, mess with, with churches. With churches. I, I, got mm. towed, I got towed in 89 from behind uh, the Big Ten there. there. There was a church back right behind the Big Ten on campus. Yeah. I parked there. The nah, car was not there. No. Left a very yeah. angry message for the uh, priest. You did? Yeah, oh, yeah I did. I was very <laughs> my upset. My father? <laughs> I was very upset by that. Hello, Alter uh, boy for a long hello. time. Yeah. Um, okay, my next statement. You know what? So so in watching three three of the four, and as Dex said, the the Tokyo Drift one, not, not really part of this. So in watching the three Fast and Furiouses that uh, began this series, I've picked up on a pattern here. Mm-hmm. And my statement of the pattern is: they purposely don't have really good bad guys because they don't want anyone to overshadow their characters. Oh well.
1: For for now,
2: for now, for
0: now, for now. For now, actually, for, now. Th-
1: for this actually becomes a huge problem, doesn't yeah. it? Later, okay. yes, okay. It does. <laughs> but <in laughs> like this... like, a, like a problem that kind of like nuked the franchise. Okay.
0: Interesting, but in this one, in this one again. So in two. Have you <laughs> oh that's interesting. So in the second one in Miami, my opinion was that 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 that, that bad guy was okay, but he was very much like a, a stereotypical bad yeah. guy and the rest of the cast was actually pretty good. In this one, that guy who plays the ultimate bad guy is a character actor. He's got a long line of films, but he's no he's no Malkovich, right? He's no like he's not he's not important really. Uh and I think at this point in time they were very much trying not to o- overshadow Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, and anyone else that they considered at that point to be really the lifeblood of the franchise.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this was all I think the yeah, the, the first the first and the fourth, especially when it's it's the, the band together. It's supposed <laughs> and, and Dom Toretto is kind of like he's the bad guy in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right and, and so right, but but he's but he's He's like a stone cold Steve Austin anti hero, where and when he's a bad guy, but you're cheering for him, James right. Deanish, right? Like, yes, could yeah. you like him? And actually, just to jump in line here because it makes sense, my next statement is the, the end of this movie is a brilliant setup for a sequel. Oh, yeah, for two reasons. Number one, it's a cliffhanger. You know, oh my god, they're driving, they're driving to pull Dom out of that uh, prisoner's bus, but the other reason why is because. They show Dom, you know, Dom has kind of, it's kind of the old, uh, the old face turn in wrestling where he's a bad guy, but you're starting to feel a little empathy for him. And then all of a sudden, like something happens to him and you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm cheering for that guy now that he, you know, he did a, he righted a wrong and did a good thing by helping capture this drug Lord and still got the 25 years to life. And then sent, and he said, I'm tired of running. Like he just, he kind of gave, he kind of gave up his prisoner or his, uh, you know, uh, prisonous or felonous ways, and still gets hit with the book, and is sitting there with all the other convicts. And so at the end of the movie, you have this complete emotional turn on Dom, too. You're kind of rooting for him throughout the movie, but now at the end of the movie, you're like, I like that guy. So, it's right. like, I want to see more of that guy in another movie right. coming out in two summers called Fast Five. <laughs> you're right. So it really, it, it makes me want to watch Fast Five, like, tomorrow, um, even though we're not going to review it for probably... Several several weeks from now. So All right. All right.
2: Uh, my next statement is: um, Dom is weirdly comfortable with Brian O'Connor dating his sister. Like, th- he they're acts re- like he really he's really comfortable, comfortable, but he really is. And th- like, look, I, I never was a fan of like, oh, I'm the big older brother and I I protect my little sister. And like, you know, he makes the comment in the first movie, like, you break her heart, I break your neck, and you know, he, he tries to, like play the tough guy. But then Brian O'Connor waltz back into their life, and then there's that weird scene in the kitchen where basically Brian and her get it on when she's coming home with the groceries, while Dom's in the garage fixing a car, and he's he's okay with this. Like I, my, I'm really confused watching this movie, I'm trying to understand the relationship between Dom, Brian, and Mia. Mia being the little sister, and I assume she's the little sister of Dom, mm-hmm. and he's just okay with this, like kind of weirdo friend that was an enemy and then became a friend, but then it helped him out to get away. And now he's back in the picture and he's okay with him fooling around with his sister again. It's just a weird triangle, love triangle dynamic. And I can't figure it out.
1: I think so. I think the reason why there was a lot of apprehension in the first movie from Dom is because he didn't trust Brian and he kind of, he trusted him initially, but then he lost trust a little bit and he was always kind of trying to figure out is Brian a cop. So he, so he's sniffing around and then by the end of the fourth movie he trusts him a lot more they get into that fight and then and then you know Brian tells him what was what was really happening behind the scenes and stuff and so i think by, he had built up a lot more trust in brian and like okay i guess there are worse guys that my my sister could be with
0: it's amazing how quickly the rifts between characters in this franchise end yeah. like in in 2 when when o'connor's old pal is like, you know, you screwed me, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, let's work together. And in this one, like, the Domino Connor thing, thing um, at the end of one was really intriguing. And they, like, sort of just mend fences. And like Dex said, now they're just all back together and Mia's back in it. Uh, it's funny because they, they, like, at the start of th- these films try to set up this, this plausible tension. And then they dismiss it almost immediately. And, and it's like, okay, let's go back to it. Yeah, it's an
1: interesting dynamic. Yeah, I have some thoughts on the fight, but Judd, I think we're back to you here.
0: Okay, Uh, nobody takes a beating and then isn't even given plausible makeup like Brian O'Connor to show that he got his ass. Worked.
1: This was exactly what I was going to say. Literally, <laughs> like I mean, he, he took like fifteen unprotected punches to the ground, and he like had a slightly bloody lip.
0: Slightly, <laughs> like and, and like no head, no no forehead damage, no nothing. It's like yeah. makeup. Can you please put some fake blood on, dude?
1: Oh my god! I'm so glad. I'm so glad you went down this path because we've all seen enough like UFC fights where. You get into the ground impound, and and someone gets past the guard, right, and they're just throwing haymakers at someone, unprotected haymakers, stop the fight. And Dom hit with full wind-up haymakers with Brian O'Connor just, you know, back to the ground. Hits him a half dozen times in the face. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to cut to his face. He's going to be a bloody mess. Like Literally has not, his, his eyelashes aren't even out of whack, right? Yes. He's got like a little blood coming yes. out of the left side of his lip. Uh, it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Declan, any uh, final statements from you?
2: Uh, I love how the FBI, back to like kind of the incompetence of the FBI, in 2009 was still waiting on a fax to secure information if they had the right or wrong yeah. bad guy. A yeah. fax. A fax in 2000. I mean, it's 2009, so I guess 13 no, years ago. Yeah. And like, to be honest, I'm actually. Floored away. I'm not airing out laundry inside the office, but, like, there's a fax machine issue going on in the office today, and I'm even thinking, like, man, there's still fax machines that are, like, still around. (laughs) How many people are
1: affected by that in our office? At least two. Okay.
2: And uh, it just blew my mind (laughs) that that the FBI, too, of all things, because, like, businesses do their, their things, but, like, the FBI in 2009 was still waiting on a fax to secure information before... Pursuing the next lead, pursuing the next course of action to arresting someone. I found it yeah. hilarious.
1: It is kind of quick how technology evolution sneaks up on you, right? You know, the people who had pagers 25 years ago thought they oh, were yeah. all innovative. Drug, yeah. and, and now, exactly. yeah, and, I mean, the 2009, we had iPhones in 2009. Yeah, we did. So, we did. Not that iPhones completely got rid of fact machines, but uh, I got one more here for you guys. I know what they were doing at the end of the movie running through the tunnel but to me it felt like a potentially huge mistake to let what looked to be about 20 cars worth of drug lords know where the border secret tunnels are cuz if true. the if the main guy like the main drug lord guy didn't even know he was like what are we doing oh my god we're going to crash into the rocks right oh my god it's like no these are secret tunnels that you could Hang use on. to send drugs back and forth across the border and i don't know are there are there you know military or police vehicles sitting on either side of that tunnel on a regular basis i'm just saying a lot of drug lords now know how to carry drugs back and forth across the border because of yep. that last chasing and and
0: it's intriguing as well those tunnels are incredibly smooth for the most part for driving <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. wouldn't there be like animals and stuff yeah in there? Yes. and yeah, yeah
0: I, I don't think that they would basically be smooth roads <laughs> which <laughs> is
1: what they were they're like they're like yeah they're like nascar tracks somehow yeah. just no bumps at all all right, all right. Any uh, final statements from you guys? I got another oh. one. Okay,
0: I'm going to give the um. If so, so in this incarnation, Phil, you said we've done what, 18 or 19 AMRs now. In this incarnation of it, 10,
1: 11, 12, 13, 14. It's like 17. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. In these 17 films, I am going to to rank the two actors that I deem to be the most uncomfortable to watch with. Members of the opposite sex. Tom Cruise is one. He wins for sure. Vin Diesel is two.
2: Okay, yes. <laughs> Vin yes, Diesel I had this written down. Diesel and
0: women does not, and here's the other thing. Dom Toretto doesn't really need, like, like Brian's got it taken care of, okay? Ugh. Paul Walker's character, handsome. Chicks loved him. That's awesome. Like, he's got this taken care of. Vin or Dom is the muscle. Every scene he has with a member of the opposite sex, in my opinion, I want to just cringe.
2: The Gal Gadot scene is painful. Like when he's talking about like what a what he looks for in a woman and stuff. Yes. Like I wrote down to like, because Brian, uh, or Paul Walker, I should say, like he has that Keanu to him. Like, is he reading cue cards off the screen right now as he's delivering this line? Like it's, it, but it's, it, it, it kind of works for him where the way Dom was talking about, it was cringy. Like, yeah, I'm with Judd actually here. It's, it's, it's painful.
1: I didn't notice it as much, but yeah, it's just he's he's just such a brooding presence. Yep. You know, he's even calling guys the the P word, right? You know, wussy, but swap it out. Yep. It's like Thank he's you. just he's just like he is a bundle of toxic masculinity with a yep. little bit of charm. And he just kinda yep. broods his way into his interactions with with women. So all right. Any other final statements here off fast four?
0: No, I'm good. You guys good? No, we're good. <laughs> okay. We're good.
1: All right, so uh, before we get into our final rankings here, we're going to rank the, uh, it's the definitive villain ranking and then the entertainment value ranking. A shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of, uh, of just safety and, uh, and risk management. So if you want to find out more about how Federated can help your business reach new heights, Go to federatedinsurance.com. Full list of industries you can also find, based on your location, who your marketing representative is at uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. All right, so Arturo Braga. Arturo Braga is the villain in this movie. And I should say, too, that the top villains that we have reviewed in the reboot of Action Movie Rewind are Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, the only 10 across the board. Caster Troy from Face Off is a nine. Dom Toretto from the original Fast and the Furious is an eight point two. The aliens from Independence Day are a seven point eight, and then Chong Lee and Surfer Bodhi from Bloodsport and Point Break are both a seven point three. At the this list is hilarious because we have the F five tornadoes from Twister are a six point three. At the very bottom is the British car loving gangster from Gone in sixty seconds a one oh, point three. Awful. So. Judd, how would you rate on a one to ten scale Arturo Braga? Criteria being how iconic, ruthless, and charismatic is he?
0: Um, okay, so he's not iconic for sure. And and I felt like this was the second consecutive Fast and Furious we've watched, in which, again, they just sort of went with a cliched bad guy, and yeah. like and like the bad guys are important, but they're certainly uh they're certainly not huge parts in my opinion. I'm gonna give him a four like it's fine it it serves its purpose and and that guy can act um but i just don't feel like there was a lot of there 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 and and to your point Dom is sort of the bad guy and Dom's a good bad guy but in this one he is sort of the bad guy for a while and then you start to like him so so if we're going with our two girl i'm going to give him a 4
2: okay i'd pr- i would i would give him a 3 right um he's not as charismatic, I mean, he kills Letty, or you know, he 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 does do that at least. So like, there there is some ruthlessness to him. But Dom even like bullies him pretty good. Like like Dom Dom does a good job at at messing with him too. So like, he's kind of a pushover too. So he's he's like a three out of ten for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think there comes like a point where if you're nondescript, you're probably like a three, four, or five. If you no. are. If you're kind of ruining the movie a little bit, then I'm yes. going to give you like a 201 or a zero. Yes. Arturo Braga didn't ruin the movie, but he was so just, he was background elevator music in this movie. Yeah. It, had, yeah. it really had nothing. It was just, he was an anonymous drug lord, is basically what he was. <laughs> yep. And so I'm with Declan. He's a three, which which makes it a 3.3, tying him for the second worst villain next to Senator Trent from Hard to Kill. And I think, you know, Senator Trent. In retrospect, probably deserves to be above Artura Raga, but this is a democratic process, so um I love that we have three movies, by the way, where the villain is personal demons. Basically all top uh all Tom Cruise movies, Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun the Original, and Days of Thunder. All right, entertainment value, one to ten scale. Con Air leads the way here at a nine point seven, Top Gun Maverick a nine point three, independence day eight point seven, fast and the furious eight point five, top gun the original eight point three. Air Force One, Face-Off, Point Break, Twister, RoboCop, and Bloodsport, all a six or above, Too Fast, Too Furious, Hard to Kill, a five or above, and then the two worst movies are Gone in 60 Seconds, a 4.7, and Days of Thunder, a four. Entertainment value, one through ten.
0: So I'm going to... This, of the three uh, Fast and Furious films that we have done, to me, is the worst one. Um, I thought the first one was actually pretty good and i thought the second one was entertaining it it might not have been as good but it was entertaining as the first one um to to hear you say phil that this sets up the next one makes perfect sense i think that was exactly the plan but in doing so i'm gonna ding them a bit i'm gonna give it a five i think it was just i think it was okay i didn't hate it but um I don't know that it offered me the entertainment, the overall entertainment experience that the first two did. Mm.
2: Uh, I like it more than the second one. Actually, I would watch this over the second one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would. Uh, I, I don't mind this one. I, even though it's maybe intentionally in the wrong way, it's just more serious. So I, I, I take it seriously more. Um, and And it bridges into the next basically saga that really opens the entire door. I haven't seen the next few in order i've seen like some scenes here and there but i haven't seen any of the other ones after this and i know after this is when it starts to get even like more hilarious but like theatrical and all that fun stuff that like we would probably want more in these movies so i think it lays the groundwork for that so for me uh it's a six it's a six out of ten
1: okay it's a four for me i just wasn't that into this movie the first half was just i don't know i just needed more it's like okay the bands back together It just kind of felt flat for the first half, and then it picked up a little bit in the second half. I'm excited, though, that this movie serves as a launching pad for Fast Five and then going forward. But uh, combined, it is a five on a one through ten scale, which ties it with Hard to Kill as the third worst action movie that we have reviewed to this point. So there you go. And that's the the season finale here. I'm going to have to Uh, watch five soon. And then I'm maybe may, maybe we maybe we watch five at some point. Maybe it's maybe it's a bye week thing. Maybe yeah, we maybe watch five during thing. the bye week. Spoiler: So in in
0: real life, Paul Walker dies during seven. Is, is that correct, Declan?
1: Yes,
2: five like two thousand four, and then two thousand fourteen or something or fifteen. He died during the production of seven, and his brothers and I some know, others I, like do fill ins for him. Um, they had to kind of re- re- rework and rewrite some of the scenes. But yes, he is. Um, written off after seven. Seven's the last is the last appearance. Yeah.
1: All right. Well that's a buzzkill. I'm going to watch all those now. I gotta see how this happens. I know I'm I'm hooked too. I'm ready for this. It's great. So keep the suggestions coming for action movies that you want us to, to, to review. We'll keep stockpiling a list and uh we'll get back into it sometime down the road here. Mm-hmm. But uh that's it. Action movie rewind here on Maggie and Judd.